Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm Charles Rogers. And I am Ryan Barry. Ryan, welcome to the show. It is delightful to have you on. Uh, But before I I get to you real quick, I'm going to jump out front and do this real fast. Uh, The thing Charles fucked up, we did have one on the last episode. Uh, I know. This has never happened before, Brian. I'm so sorry. I never mess things up on the show. I always do my research. Always. Mm -hmm. Perfectly before we go to air. Uh, On the last episode, I did make some mistakes with the Kyber Crystals. I will say it is not my fault completely. Because when I did the lightsaber building experience, when the lady was listing off who had held red Kyber Crystals, she said Sidious, Vader, Maul, and Ventress. So I assumed that that's whose voices were in the crystals. I was wrong. It's actually Dooku, not Ventress. And there's a fifth red crystal that you can get that's a Darth Vader eight ball that will give you the eight ball responses. Also, the black crystal is Snoke. The white is Ahsoka or Chirrut Emway. The yellow is a Temple Guard or Maz Kanata. Sorry about Maz that. Maz with a lightsaber? Yeah, same. Like she is just she... showed up in the High Republic adventures, oh. but she didn't wield a lightsaber in that. Oh. That's a missed opportunity there. She's like BFFs with like this old, also old lady Jedi, and they canonically have sleepovers. Oh, you yeah. know she dips in both pools. Maz. Oh yeah. Well, she dips oh, in a yeah. lot of pools. <laughs> Maz, I feel like Maz Kanata dips in whatever pools Maz Kanata feels like dipping into yeah, that day. For sure. She's old. She's seen enough. She knows what she likes. She's really she's- old. <laughs> She's Blanche, and she shares a room with lots of other ladies and a lot of wicker furniture and some palm frond. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I love I love the idea of Takadana as the fucking Golden Girls. Oh, oh my god. god, I love it. So, so anyway, Brian, sorry about that. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am great, and this is why I love to talk to other gay people, because within like 30 <laughs> seconds, it's Golden Girls. I can't wait for Wonder Woman to come in at some point in time. There we go. We've already mentioned Wonder Woman. We're on brand. We are, I love it. <laughs> We're on brand. Day. We're rolling along. I'd also just want to say, like, it's really nice to be on a respectable, like, podcast that actually does do research, because as we don't ever, I just go off the top of my tongue, and if I get things wrong, oh, well. sorry I want you guys to understand, listeners at home, that the word respectable should be taken in very big quotation marks. Right. I was like, this is an explicit podcast. We don't really like have a filter on our podcast. We don't really care. So you've seen you've seen our TikTok, listeners. You you know how Bradley, specifically Bradley, can get about uh, some of those. Oh my goodness! I do want to explain that TikTok real quick. So uh, there is a TikTok, Brian. I don't know if you're aware, but there was a TikTok the other day because the current trend or whatever the the most popular kind of song at the time. of this recording was uh, Coconuts by Kim Petras, which just released, by the way, um, officially. But before it hadn't like been officially released, she just performed it live uh, at an award show. And people were like, this is a hilarious song because she's literally singing about her boobs and stuff. And so I told Charles, I said, I need we need to make like a TikTok with this song because it's so popular right now. 
And I was like, we need to do one. And he was like, well, there's plenty of Star Wars man boobs out there. So just do like one on, you know, the chesticles of men in Star Wars. And I was like, okay, sure. So I start going down this dark, dark rabbit hole of Star Wars, basically porn, like on the internet. And it was bad. Like it was bad. Like don't ever search for a thin Star Wars shirtless um, because you're going to get a lot of explicit, uh, images of him and Ray together. Um, surprisingly, not a lot of him and Poe, which I thought I was going to be seeing, but I guess I didn't type in specifically Finn and Poe. So I mean, it's, it's the homophobia of it, frankly, it, it really, it really it's not was. as equally, if not more so represented. <laughs> if you want porn in star Wars, I will send you directly to our co-host Emma's, uh, oh, Twitter, and you can go to AO3 hour. I was literally at the gym the other day and she sent a, link to like a google uh drive thing that she has yeah she was mortified because apparently google drive gives you uh a preview and (laughs) porn of kylo ray and poe oh very explicit wonderful i'm like it's like somebody it's like somebody meshed up rise of skywalker and duel of the fates together into one horrible amalgamation one crime against the force hot 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 i I mean a little jealous of ray but you know i'll I'll push that deep down inside of me that being said i will say the men.com parody of the force awakens is probably like one of my favorites no lie i'm like i'm not even gonna like pretend like i don't like it because seeing male ray and then Finn and Kylo all fucking together is amazing. So I'm just going to throw that out there. So if anybody remember, is a fan, remember how we the... said we were a respectable <laughs> podcast a few minutes ago? <laughs> this is a bit more what it's like over here. Oh, good. Thing. Oh, God. No, I've I've been wanting to have Brian on for a while because back when we were a a much smaller podcast, sort of the genesis of introduction to the podcast community was I made. Molly Damon posted a thing that was like, if you're an LGBT Star Wars content creator for Pride Month, comment on this. And I commented on my personal account and I linked the GSG Twitter onto that. I didn't expect that to go anywhere. Brian found that and posted on it. And we got this huge influx of like new followers. I think that's where like Force Friends Rewatch and some of the first ones came in. And so I was like, Brian basically is one of the reasons we have a listener base that we do <laughs> at all. So right. officially on the show, thank you, Brian, for doing that. That's very nice. Thank you. Uh, I did want to have Brian on. Now, it was a bit tricky because, Brian, you do sort of episode reviews when stuff is coming out on After Dark and Husband and Husband. Mm-hmm. So you do two of them a week. And I was like... Sure. I. I, I can't make you, I can't ask him to do a third one, but I've got to have him on. <laughs> and it just worked out that there was just this episode slot sitting here after the Disneyland episode and before our break that I was like, oh yeah, let's just see if Brian wants to come on and hang out. So I want to start, Brian, uh, by, I listened to a lot of your interviews uh, with people like uh, Justina Ireland and uh, the voice of Trace Martez, whose name I'm blanking on because I totally did my Bridget research. Collie. Bridget Colley. Yeah. Uh, so instead of asking the question I want to ask, 
which is, uh, how are you getting in contact with these people? I just have a few questions for the High Republic <laughs> authors. <laughs> I'm going to instead ask uh, your favorite opening question of who is Brian Barry? Oh my God, now I know how every single person feels when I, they, um, <laughs> I, um, well here I am podcasting with two twinks. So that's been a very long time. We had this discussion ahead of time. I am the token uh, old man. I'm, the, I'm one of the twinks now. <laughs> so I was today, fine with it when he said it the first time, but I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about that anymore. <laughs> uh, today I'm a daddy, and I'm a dad. Uh, I'm a gay dude, and I'm married. But I think, and I'm a super Star Wars fan, like massive Star Wars fan. Uh, but I think honestly, these days more than anything, I identify as a dad above everything else. I have three kids that I love dearly and uh, they're wonderful and perfect. And that's who I am. Yeah, I <laughs> I know that a lot of the lens by which you view and one of the nice things about listening to specifically husband and husband, specifically husband and husband, which is the non-steamy show. So anyone can anyone can listen to husband and husband. Uh, one of the things about listening to it is that, Brian, you are able to approach it both as a gay man and as a father, mm. which Star Wars being so much about family, those are two sort of found families in their own way, particularly since uh, all of your kids, I believe, are adopted. Mm -hmm. Yep, they're all from the foster system. So that's a lens that you definitely informs the way you do it on husband and husband but mm -hmm. a little bit on after dark as well where you talk about that yeah it's um you know i don't know when we first started the show uh, a couple years ago i thought the tag i thought the thing that was gonna catch on was that tom was just a casual fan at best and uh I was like, there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there that just kind of casually like it. And I can take a deep diving, super nerd out. But I know there's gonna be a lot of people who tune out and they can't listen. And that's totally fine. And that's great. I was like, that's what's going to do it. And then within a few shows, I was like, oh, casual fans don't listen to Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, no. people latched on to the fact that we were gay. And like, I've been pretty open about this. I'm in my 40s. And so I've been out for a very long time now, most of my life. <clears throat> and there's a certain lens that I still see the world through that is not healthy, but I still feel like a lot of homophobia. I still feel like people, like it's still going to be a drawback because of coming out probably, which is not a healthy outlook. And I don't think the world is totally like that anymore, uh, at least not here in the States. Um, still plenty of homophobia but it's not what it used to be and then so that's what latched on I was like oh this is kind of cool and then we had a third son move in unannounced like right after we had started recording and so all of a sudden it just kind of happened and um now we talk about our family all the time and I, I don't know if it was planned but isn't that the greatest podcasting don't we all just like it just kind of starts to inform itself you know um but it's really the brand good. starts to build upon itself. Yeah. Like it, it, it starts becoming clearer what the brand is going to be as you go along. Yeah. So I just, I feel really privileged. And then I feel like when we started, I didn't know of any other LGBT stars podcast. That was part of the reason I did start. It was like, well, I want to hear like my perspective. So I don't hear it. So let me just start talking about it, you know? Um, 
but then it all just, I don't know. And then I guess having a family, I realized that like that, we don't hear a lot about gay families either. And so it just kind of became important to me to share that story. And we know like foster kids, sadly, a lot of times there's a lot of negative stereotypes surrounding kids, you know, like when we were in the process and people, I would like to think their intentions are good. You know, our youngest son was four and then uh, our oldest was seven when they came and you hear things of, oh, they have a lot of problems. You want a baby, you want a baby. And I'm like, that's just really kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to share like a really pot, like we have a really, really great family. And I thought it was important to give the foster system a, a better light than I feel like it is shi- like is shined on it a lot of times. And the one thing that I really like about sort of the LGBT podcast Star Wars podcast space, which I only discovered when you found us. And then all of a sudden I started getting exposed to all these different shows is the amount of diversity within that space of perspectives. Mm -hmm. So like Bradley and I approaching things from more of an entertainment perspective, because Bradley is a working producer. I have a degree in screenwriting. So we kind of approach it from that perspective in addition to also being gay uh, versus, you know, you guys over at Pink Milk doing things. I want to say a more mature way, but I have listened to After Dark. (laughs) So I'm not sure if that's the word I would. (laughs) No, you guys a little older, you have a family, you can approach it from the perspective of being a father as well. And then like you have the folks over at Rupalp's Pod Race who are all like, I think the oldest one is 26. Mm -hmm. I think the oldest one is 26. So they have a very Gen Z kind of, it's nice when you get into the LGBT podcast space, especially if you listen to a lot of them, to have that diversity, to be able to listen to different perspectives, even in your own community. Because gay people, we're not a monolith. Mm -hmm. Like when you come out, you don't just get your personality injected with, okay, your personality is now drag race and terrible facial hair and uh retro tv shows like no and that's it for the rest of your life no that's that's not how it is so it is always nice to listen to shows that offer a different perspective that especially for me i don't have i agree i think that's one of like my personal things that i love about the lgbtq community is like there are so many different kinds of people within our community that I think there's like, an, we all understand each other on this other level. And then because we have that immediate connection, we can learn about a lot of different kinds of people and experiences and all of that kind of stuff, you know? And I think queer people in general, I think we're so forced in a way TT, um, to like examine who we are because it's challenged when we start to come out, you know, like, cause we don't have role models and we don't see ourselves everywhere in society. So I think queer people in general are very good at, I think we really know ourselves a lot of times. And I think we do a lot of work internally before we can even verbalize anything externally that once you have those kinds of conversations with other queer people, I just think there is like this natural comfort level a lot of times because we all know like we did a lot of work to get there that you know what I mean and the more I'm in straight world I think straight people are not good at it 
because they haven't had to. And not, I shouldn't say, no, not all straight people, but a lot yeah, of straight yeah. people. I realize like it's just not this, it's just not the same. No, it's and fine. I'm racist against straight people too. I, I don't like them either. Um, no, because no, they're, me and they're Tra- awful, truly. Yeah, they really are. No, it's sorry, true, all of Brian's <laughs> listeners who came over. I know that a bunch of Brian's <laughs> listeners over at Big Milk are no, straight. Sorry if you. You're okay. You're okay. You're fine. You, you're just awful. You followed Brian over. If you're listening to this show, we're not talking about you. Right, right. Yeah, if you're, you're not listening to this show, <laughs> fuck you. Literally everybody else. Oh, I hate you. Um, no, because I was talking when Charles and I first started this. I remember because I was like, I was listening to Star Wars podcasts of, that were just straight people. Like I remember one that was just these two straight dudes and they had like families and whatever. And every time they would mention like my wife or like, my kids i was always like eye roll like i would always be like ugh, straight star wars bros like i can't fucking stand this and i was like we need to do our own because i don't i mean i'm just not that good at doing research clearly because i was like there's no there's nobody gay doing star wars we both checked we both checked like Mm -hmm. intensively when we started i was vaguely aware of dark side divas because chris who's one of the co-hosts was in uh he and i share discords uh, because okay. we live locally and we're in some of the same LGBT Discord servers. So I was vaguely aware that Dark Side Divas exists. I thought it was like the only one. And it had just started right at the same time as we were starting ours. But I was shocked to be like, when Brian when Brian discovered us, and then I discovered a shitload of new podcasts. I was right. like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of them. I listened to eight eight Star Wars podcasts every week. And I think only one of them explicitly does not have a queer host, at least on any episode that I've heard has identified herself as such. And that is the Galactic Pod, which I listen to. No, we got a team member there too. Yes, it's all eight, baby. (laughs) Every, I... I didn't know that. That's delightful. Uh, yes. That's and I can delightful. only say that because I, I've asked Andrea herself, like before when they were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Okay. Okay. They're yes. great. So I actually do just, all I listen to is queer gay podcast. Star Wars content. <laughs> so in other words, you really do hate straight people. And yeah. even I when truly, you think they're straight, do. nope, they're really gay. <laughs> actually, come to think of it, the, the only other two podcasts I listen to that are not Star Wars uh, both have at least one LGBT host. So it's my entire spectrum of podcasting. I love it. Oh, I'm so glad I got to share that. That's so great. <laughs> this, is, this is why I'm so, this is why I'm in such a good mood every day. Because I just get to listen to gay people all day and tune out the straight people around me asking when I'm 100%. going to have kids and uh, insisting to me that I'm definitely going to have them someday. Uh, despite the fact that I have mentioned repeatedly that I am not straight and I do not want children, at least at this stage in my life. You know, it's, it's so, I really glad that you mentioned, like, I'm still overwhelmed at how many straight people listen to us. Like it might even be more than half. And I'm just like, my mind is still blown because I feel like we're very gay. Like, I I mean, I, after Dark is extremely gay. <laughs> husband and husband is extremely gay for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I guess there's part of me that like, I realize you can, for me, 
I feel like we can only ever get so big because we are so explicitly gay that I know that automatically shuts off certain people, which is fine because right. I don't really need them to listen anyways. But I just thought that's all we would ever get were gay people. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? And I think the gay <laughs> people came later. Like that's what was so weird. Like we were found by straight audiences and straight audiences were the ones who introduced us to gay audiences. It was like, it really was a very challenging thing on my own worldview of how things were going to work. And it was like, which is probably good to like be challenged by that. Go, Oh, I just saw a little bit better side of a world than what I thought I was going to get. So that was great. No, we, um, we always talk about our demographics sometimes because I, we, we post our podcast through anchor and sometimes it'll give us Spotify um mm. will give us like kind of demographics and stuff like that and i i look i tell charles all the time i'm like oh this is you know it's shifting like this you know and this way and this way and one of the weird things about this podcast that we've done is i i thought when we started this like we would only explicitly it's just gay men who would listen to us because mm. i mean I, literally it's called gays like we had gay in the title so you know what i mean so i was like oh we're never gonna get anybody but gay men listening to this mm. podcast and now I think it's currently sitting at, at least on the Spotify side, it's sitting at 54% female or identify as female listen to our podcast. And I was like, that is so strange because we never, I mean, we never talk about anything other than, well, I guess it doesn't make sense because we talk about lady villains all the time. And that's really yeah. like what our, our discussion is always about <laughs> is lady villains. So maybe that's what it is. They connect with us because we like lady villains and they like lady villains so it's all great Everybody i would loves. i would love That's to amazing. like we don't we don't get a lot of feedback but yeah i would i would be interested to know why have you ever asked brian why especially people who you didn't think would listen to the show mm -hmm. are enjoying it that much um you know i've had yeah yeah I mean, I feel very fortunate. I have, we have a lot of people that reach out. Like I get a lot of emails and direct messages. I feel like I'm really, I'm telling you, I feel very fortunate. I think the first thing that I honestly got like really emotional about was I had a, a father reach out to me who said, I'm really glad I found you. I only found you because of Star Wars, but my daughter is lesbian. And after listening to your show for a few months, I understand my daughter in a way that I never thought I'd be able to understand her. And I'm like, that's just like, one, what an amazing wow. father. And two, like, what a compliment to like, hear those kinds of things. <clears throat> you know, um, I know there are people and I don't understand why, but they feel very welcomed as straight people, especially because when I go on a guest, I just say I don't like straight people. So how they feel welcome, I don't yeah, know, but they yeah. do. <laughs> and that's like, is that not like the weirdest? Like for me, I was like, wait, you feel comfortable in my space? I've right. never heard a gay, a straight person say, I feel comfortable in your space. Like, what? <laughs> I think there are, when I, when I used to be a, a bar fly uh, a lot more mm -hmm. than I am now, uh, when it was to an unhealthy level and I was spending way too much time in bars, I would notice that a lot of times you would maybe get a, a small group of straight women that would come into the gay bar. Mm-hmm. And if it was not a bachelorette party, bachelorette parties are a whole thing. Public service announcement from me, a homosexual. And I rarely, I rarely speak on behalf of the gay community, uh, but I am going to do so now because I have not met a single gay person who disagrees with me. Straight women, please stop having your bachelorette parties at gay bars. We are not tourist attractions, okay? We are not. <laughs> 
You are disrupting our space and making it about you. Stop it. Stop it. You can go anywhere else. Just don't come and make it all about you. Right. Okay. Anyway. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't see again. I'm like 20 years behind in game. Leave me alone. I'm here to I'm here to drink and flirt with hot men. Right. I'm not here to amuse you. I'm not a dancing monkey. Nothing is worse than being cock blocked by a bachelorette party. Like nothing. That has happened to me. Oh, that is awful. No, but I know that there are often times that straight women will come into gay bars just because they feel like it is a a safe place where straight men are not going to harass them. And if they do, there's a certain understanding that, you know, gay men, we're awful, but there's a higher likelihood that we're going to step in and make sure that that doesn't happen. And gay bartenders and things like that are going to be a little more amenable to helping. Yes. So I, I wonder if that has something to do with it. The idea of this being a, a safe place, a safe community mm-hmm. for people who maybe don't even necessarily identify with one of the letters in the alphabet mafia to come in and be like, I know at least I'm not going to hear anybody whining that the feminist ruined star Wars probably in this space right, right right i'm not going to hear that i yes i may have to hear about a lot of uh kylo ren porn right but i might also be looking at that so right. it's true i never you know. know no it's true i think i think women tend to or at least you know, straight women tend to uh identify with gay men because they like the same things right like that's the joke that they like the same stuff we like or like you know some a lot of straight women like to watch gay porn because they're like oh i like looking at two dudes doing stuff because it's just more dudes like i don't mm-hmm. you know there's nothing wrong with more dudes so it's just kind of funny that they would be comfortable in a space where we talk about you know thrawn shirtless all the time and like you know fucking you know. <laughs> well i mean and, and another thing that a lot of lgbt podcasts do is at least the good ones is they try to be open to everyone Mm. so even if they're marketed as a a queer podcast like ours literally has gays in the name Mm -hmm. they do try to make sure that they're maintaining a degree of we want to be a space where people can come and talk about star wars and not necessarily have to worry about again the feminists are taking over get woke go broke fire kathleen kennedy why why are there so many gay people in star wars now they were just all over the rise of skywalker like what the hell is that like no these uh, yeah i would i would love one of these days to get some feedback from listeners of our show who are not necessarily gay men which were the demographic we thought were going to listen to it as to to why they feel so comfortable here because i think that's an awesome thing it's that people feel comfortable in this space i say this a lot so if you were listening to me for multiple times you know i'm sorry but like i think lucasfilm is missing the idea how many people want to see diversity in things because i think there is 
uh, I'll just speak just about straight people a lot of times. What like I think a lot of times straight people get worried to ask questions because we're also now living sometimes and no tea, no shade, but where people feel like they can't even ask a question because then on Twitter you get that you should do your own research. And like I don't need to be like the person that answers every single question for you, but the reality is, even if you wish people were to do their own research, not everyone's going to. And if you're going to be that hostile towards something, someone who's coming from a good place, you know, if you're coming from a jerk place, that's different. But if you're coming from a good place, like be open to maybe you're the first gay person that this person is ever meeting. And they will be judging all gay people based on this one interaction at that point in time. That might be wrong. And I'm not right. saying that's acceptable, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And you, so you are, in a way, speaking for all gay people in that moment. And I know that is probably not a super popular opinion to have, but in my wisdom of growing yeah. up, I think that's the way it is sometimes. But I think people are really looking for ideas of different kinds of people. And because Star Wars is a space that we can all go to, like they don't need to learn a whole new thing. They're in Star Wars. They understand how Star Wars works. Now sprinkle in some new ideas so I don't feel overwhelmed and jump into this pool that I have no idea if I can swim in. And I think that's a really, that's where for me, where representation is super important. It's less for me as a K-person to see myself, which I do need to see that too. But for me, at least at this moment, it is more for those people who are not like me to maybe go, okay, I didn't see that before, but they really are just kind of like everybody else. <laughs> I talked, I talked in our High Republic episode uh, that I did with uh, Hope Molinex from Jaguars and Jedi and Chris. And Pink Milk. She's a part of the Pink Milk family. She is. She yes. is. We love she is, I believe, a moderator on the chat. Yes. On the and After she... Dark chat. Uh, and Chris is a frequent uh, presence in that chat. So, but I talked a lot about in that episode a couple of aspects of the High Republic and the way it's doing its inclusivity and its diversity and how both when I was coming to terms with my own queer identity as a gay man, it would have been helpful for me to see some of this represented in a Star Wars book I was reading, but more importantly, working through a lot of the deeply problematic views that I held coming out of a Christian environment about trans people and the way that the High Republic and Star Wars Ronin I'll lump that in there as well. I didn't mention that in the High Republic. I know you spoke with uh, Emma Candon mm -hmm. about that, but the way that, that the new books are coming out, it makes sure they're including trans and non-binary people as well, which was something I struggled to get my head around in the late 2000s when I was trying to get my head around it. And it would have been so much easier if I had had that point of reference to say, oh, it's a trans guy. It's it's just like the kid from Ronin. Yep. Like it's it's just like that. It would have been so much easier. And so I think that's representation in the Star Wars franchise is partially for us because it's good to see ourselves represented. And as kids growing up, teenagers trying to figure out our identity, see those things represented in a way we can understand. But it's also helpful for people who aren't a part of a particular identity 
to look at something and go, I can approach this through the lens of Star Wars, a thing I understand much more than I understand the real world. Mm-hmm. Because Star Wars has clear rules that we can follow. Now, the rules are we make this shit up as we go along sometimes, but that's still a rule that we can follow. And so I find when we're talking about representation, that's another key component to it, to be able to point somebody to it and say, well, read that. It does a very good job of explaining it. Like, Cantum Psy using they, them pronouns in Race to Crash Point Tower, that's a middle grade book. That's a book for kids. It is intended for kids. And here's Cantum Psy walking around being explicitly referred to in the text by they, them pronouns. And so kids will just look at that and be like, yeah, that's a thing that can happen. And it's in a Star Wars book. And I think that that's awesome that that's there. And that's one of the reasons that it's so important. Right. And Brian, have you seen um, Eternals? I have. Yep. Okay. So I, I wanted to bring that up because like you said, when you're a kid, I think kids are just, they, they understand things so much easier if you present them stuff in stuff they like. So things like Marvel movies or things like Star Wars movies. And I, I wish Star Wars would do a little bit more explicit stuff like what Eternals did with um, the Faustos character and his husband and their child. And I was just like, that that's true representation right there. Cause I never saw that as a kid, like two men with a child, you know, and kiss on screen. Like, yep. and it wasn't like a and not like a kiss pack. at all or anything. Not yeah. like a pack. Like, no, it, wasn't it was a, a sexual true, kiss, but it was a no, kiss. but it was a, it was a kiss. Yeah, it was a real kiss, like a true, like actual, like I love my husband kind of kiss. And it was just an interesting, like that's something kids need to see. Like, I don't know, it's just 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 to normalize it because I think the problem was for the longest time it was all shock value. Yep. It was very like, look, this is this crazy thing that is happening. Look, they're not, they're they're they exist. Gay people exist. Look. They're right there. They're well, crazy looking. <laughs> I mean, honestly, look what marketing did for Endgame. First MCU gay character. I'm like that. Give me a, give me a. That was garbage. That like, was garbage. Yeah. It's insulting. It is straight yeah, it up really insulting. Was, yeah. That's how I felt about the rise of Skywalker. It was insulting. I got more representation from the two, two gay porgs in the background on the Last Jedi because it was not a big deal. <laughs> they were just there. But that's yes. that's what I loved in Eternals. They were just there. They didn't they announce there. anything. Nope. No one treated them as anything it was just there like it was and it was just you the viewer were expected Mm -hmm. to accept it like if that makes sense it was that's the kind of representation for me that i want the most of because i'm tired of being the ad campaign to bring a few gay people in i'm over i want to be surprised when i go to a movie and see gay people in it yes and And you know that's why the corporation, some of these big corporations are doing it. It's so they can do the marketing campaign to get people in, which on the one hand is shitty. On the other hand, it does say a lot about the prevalence of acceptance Mm -hmm. for LGBT people that Mm -hmm. they can use that as a marketing tactic now. Still shitty that they do it. Yep. But it's complicated. It is. As with most of these issues, it's extremely complicated. There's, there's no one right answer to any question, really. Yeah, last night we were just watching uh, uh, The Loud House. There's like a, a new Christmas special thing. And I've never seen the show, the cartoon, but like we watched it for family movie night and there was two dads. And it was like 
this kid just they were getting their picture with Santa or something and they're like hey dads and I was like oh my gosh this is like and this is legit like four Saturday morning cartoon type right and now that I'm a father like I I see you know as much as I literally just said it was more for other people but like for my kids to see other gay people even if they're not parents if they're parents too that's like a whole other level but to try to you know they are the only kids at the playground we were the only gay couple in like a few miles radius right so i know my children have a lot they're also the only ones who are adopted they're the only one you know they have a lot of things that make them an other and so to see things like that and to be able to open up the question because tom and i are like very open about lots of things you know with our with our kids and i think for them to be able to even ask us a question like we were watching something once and someone was coming out and they lost their family. And they're like, does that ever happen to you? You know? And I was like, well, you know, daddy's lucky, but it happened to me. And that's just the way yeah. it is sometimes. And it's tough, but you know, they can get that a little differently and maybe feel a little less alone. Just like you were speaking about, Brian, like seeing it, but even for them who, you know, maybe they're not going to be gay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Right. We'll see who they are as they get older, you know, and they understand that stuff. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I change on those feelings a lot of times, which is probably all of us, right? I know this was a very serious moment, but did you just call Bradley Brad? No, I said Bradley. Maybe I've softly. <laughs> I, I, I have never, I was about to say, I have, I have never heard anyone call Brad. That is a straight man. Name. Yeah, I was just going to, if I did, I'm like. No, using, you're totally fine. I'm using bro and bra way too much trying to tease my oldest son. He's like, bro. I'm like, first of all, I'm your father. I'm not a bro and bra. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Not your brother. <laughs> Don't call me I I just laughed because like I'm so used to I'm so used to Bradley. I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait. That's he so is he is not even that straight passing. Like, come on. Oh my gosh. No, I I've always told people like I was like maybe when I'm like 50, like I'll go by Brad because I feel like that's like an adult like name. I feel like the Lee is like my my me holding on to like my youth is like the Lee in my name so I'm just gonna hold on to that as long as possible and then once I reach that point where I'm an actual adult one day Mm -hmm. um I'll probably end up dropping the Lee I'll be like I'm Brad well my husband my husband is 51 and I can tell you you're still not really an adult at 51 (laughs) okay well there that's that makes me feel good because (laughs) you, you I think all the toys around my room would uh disagree they would say that I'm not but um I mean, there's, there's some on my, uh, we don't release these video. We don't release these videos out to the public except in very special episodes, but I'm currently turning my chair around so that Brian can see my Lego BB-8 and several, (laughs) several Lego models that sit on the bookshelf behind me. I will not turn the camera to reveal the seven or eight boxes of them sitting in the corner of my room. Well, that's the thing too about like, you know, coming back onto the topic of, of Star Wars, Star Wars fans, that's a thing that you kind of have to be able to tap into to immerse yourself in the franchise in the way that we do as Star Wars content creators, is you have to remember and kind of understand and be able to tap into an almost childlike way of watching it and enjoying it and being like, this is for children. 
this is for for children to go and see it's a children's space wizard franchise that yeah has some stuff in there for the adults but fundamentally it's for children and the measure firstly at which it must be judged before we even get into the ridiculous degree that bradley and i pick apart tv episodes is is the inner child in me happy watching this right i have a lot of issues with the rise of skywalker I think it's fine. I don't think it's great, but I think it's fine. But I will say uh, when she pulls the lightsaber to herself and is like, I am all the Jedi and does the the cross guard in front of herself, the inner child in me fucking loves that shit. Yeah. Like it's the same thing that when I was a kid, how I used to be able to recite the Return of the Jedi throne room scene from memory. Like the child in me is like, this is so awesome. Mm. my analytical brain is screaming at me but my child's like i love this or or when the jedi she hears the voice of all the jedi and i'm like my inner child is crying because he grew up partially with the prequels and these are like some of the characters that i grew up with and i'm like oh my god my soul i think that's part of it as a content creator the best ones in my opinion are the ones that remember either because they they have children around that they could see through their eyes or they just remember what we're all supposed to be here for right and brian i want to ask you um so when you watch because i I guess you're watching with your kids um which is an interesting concept to me you do like what is their i guess uh, from the kids perspective like what is what is their favorite thing in the star wars do they like the shows do they like the movies or do they like the cartoons better like what is their like preference my oldest son, Jack, who right now is in a phase of I don't like Star Wars, but mostly because I like it too much, uh, loves Revenge of the Sith. He's a total prequel kid, so he's 12. Okay. Eli, my middle son, just isn't into it. He doesn't right. dislike it, but he's just really not into it. He doesn't gravitate towards it at all. Um, and my youngest son, Michael, who is like legitimately a Star Wars super fan, I think he loves Resistance and he loves Bad Batch. Those are his favorite. Um his attention span can't sit through the movies all the way through, which is funny. Cause like, I've always done that, but you know, like I, I tend to believe that star Wars is for the child. And you touched on this, but like is for the child in all of us. And like when star Wars means so much to me beyond like a movie, it's always been that way. That's really how we approach it on our show. You know um, I think the thing that makes star Wars so great are the helmets and who we are, we can put ourselves onto those characters. We can project ourselves into so many of the things because Star Wars, we were literally just talking about this on Friday. Like so much of the force, which is the heart of Star Wars is, is so loose and it's more of, it's more mythic and it's more, it really does paint in broad strokes for story and character development. And then like the world building in Star Wars for me, the greatest Star Wars, that's where all the detail comes in. There's so much in the world, but then the characters are simplified because I really believe that Star Wars invites you to interact with it and play with it if you want to. And coming out as a as a gay person, until late, like I dealt with being gay like way later in life. I was in like my mid to late 20s and out of college. And that was when like, I think I started to process all the, the stuff but I think to this day I still I appreciate and this is one of the things I love about my kids too and I it's helped but I still look at the world as just being 
when kids don't care in a lot of ways, kids don't care what you think. They don't care because their idea of the way the world works is the way the world works. And I think that in some ways is such a healthy approach because they care so little what other people think. They also don't care what other people think. And they just allow their kid on a playground to think something different. And it's like, there's no need to debate it. There's no need to try to say one's right or wrong. They talk about it and they just move on. And I think I try to live my life that way. I'm a pretty opinionated person, but I also really invite opinions. Like I love to hear where people, how other people see the world. And I think that's what Star Wars can do. And we can see how other characters view that same world and how they interact with it. And as a gay person, I think it helped me so much come out because when I would get spit on or I got punched in the face or I read the signs, all the stuff that we had to go, I was like, oh, I don't really care what you think. I mean, I please don't punch me again because I kind of hurt, but like, I don't care. It just never really stopped me from being myself, if that makes sense. And I think mm -hmm. I really believe the Star Wars helped me with that, mostly Luke Skywalker, because Luke Skywalker had no one. He did not let a single person tell him who he was or how to interact. And imagine trying to stand up to like Obi-Wan or Yoda and they're like, no, like you have to go fight Darth Vader. It's like, no. No, that's my that's my father. And there is good in him. You two may have given up on him, but I'm not going to give up on him. Like, I never gave up on the, the, the homophobes who are at me. Like, no, you will turn one day and you will see that I'm just like everybody else. I will not give up on you. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. And I don't throw any shade on people who aren't willing to do that. But for me, that's how I lived my life and continue to do this day. Just like my kids, don't let the world tell you that you are something because you came from a broken home or you were in the foster system or you were in this for too long. You know, don't let trauma define you and just be who you are. Don't ever let anybody ever take any of it away. And I really, I hope I can inspire that in my kids. And I'm always, and will always be very thankful to Star Wars for doing that for me. One thing I, you know, I have my issues with the sequel trilogy, particularly Rise of Skywalker, but I think one thing that is important about that trilogy, and you can get into, was this planned, yada, 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 no, we're just going to deal with the text on the page. Mm -hmm. Text on the page. Everybody tries to tell Rey who she is mm. over the course of that series. You are a scavenger. You are a nobody. You are a Palpatine. And at the end of that, her final choice is to say, I am going to be who I choose to be. There's a lot of discourse online about, oh, she's not really a Skywalker, yada, yada, yada. She's a Skywalker because she says she's a Skywalker. She, for the first time in that entire trilogy, made the act of choice. People told her she had no choice to become a scavenger. Kylo Ren told her she was a nobody and she kind of accepted that as an identity. Now I love her nobody, but I do understand how this works in the text of the page that she almost kind of accepted that as an identity to say, well, I'm just nobody. That's who I am. Uh, then she found out she was a Palpatine again from Kylo Ren who just loves, loves outdoing his grandfather so much that he had to drop not one, but two shocking revelations about her past <laughs> on her. <laughs> And she's like, I'm having to struggle with that. And even at the end, when she's fighting Palpatine, he's like, you're a scavenger. That's who you are. And she's like, yeah, I'm the scavenger that's going to melt your fucking face off. <laughs> Fuck you. 
Yep. But then at the end, she actively, actively makes this choice. And I think it's important for kids to see as an overarching message. You can be whoever you want, whoever you choose to be. People are going to tell you, you should be this, you should be that, you are this, you are that, you have no choice. When you do, you can choose who you want to be and it's important to you and the people who love you, like when she looks over at Luke and Leia at the end of Rise of Skywalker and they're almost kind of giving their tacit blessing, the people who love you are going to accept you. And Luke and Leia really loved Rey. I mean, at least by the end of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Luke liked her very much for most <laughs> of Last Jedi, but... And I think that's an important message for Star Wars to maintain. And yeah, the sequels were a little bit... But so were the original trilogy. So was the prequels as part of the buy-in for this. The important thing is, you know, my, my maternal grandmother would always ask of something, what's the worldview of this? What is the message of this? What is, what is it trying to show? And for me, with the new stuff, I think that, that that message of you can be whoever you want to be is very important and resonating. I saw tons of little girls walking around the park and they bought Ray's lightsaber from the end of Rise of Skywalker, which my boyfriend has not seen. So when I came back home and we were talking about lightsaber colors and he was like, I mentioned that there was a yellow one and it was raised from the end of Rise of Skywalker. He'd only seen up to Last Jedi. He's like, what? I was like, oh, don't worry, honey. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) But I also think that too, with like, with Mando as well, and the story of Brian's nodding because he knew I was going to shoehorn Mando in at some point. Right. Because I have mentioned, mentioned Brian's take on Mando the story of of Mando of how he comes to learn to parent this child and learn to be in like a, a relationship with this child where it's not totally like him taking care of the child and giving to the child all the time. The child gives back to him as well. I think these are also important stories of like found family and Sometimes you don't get a choice who you end up with, but if they love you, it's going to work out. Uh, at least until the arrogant magic space wizard comes in and steals uh, your children from you. Uh, because somebody is going to take a little tumble between the events of the Mandalorian and the events of the Force Awakens. And I think we see why. <laughs> it's because he didn't have Grogu with the whole time. It's because he... It's because he had the sheer fucking arrogance to come in and be like, yeah. And I found this interesting. <laughs> and Brian, I know you're you're nodding and you want to respond, but <laughs> I, I, I real fast will say that I also found it super interesting. And I think I mentioned this in our episode with Steph, how Ahsoka, the person who was actually trained by the Jedi, was like, nah, this child is too attached. I can't take him. You just let his powers fade away, which eh, I'm hesitant on. I'm not sure that the evidence bears out that Grogu's powers would have faded away. But even Ahsoka's like, I I shouldn't take this child. This is a bad idea. Luke, who was never trained more than a few weeks by Yoda, who is basically like cosplaying as a Jedi, tries to come in and do the Jedi thing. And it's like, no, no, Luke. 
this is a bit of a mistake here that you're making. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I have so many things. Do you have like 45 minutes? Because I can probably <laughs> just have a 45-minute monologue. Ray Skywalker, everything. Like I specifically, as two different people in me, like which I said at the beginning when you asked who I was, I'm a gay man, but I'm also a father. And I think they're like, in some ways, one identity, but two, right? Like Tom and I have been together at the time of this and it was 14 years. We have spent more of our relationship without the ability to get married legally with one another. Like the, and when we were getting together 14 years ago, it literally was not even on the table that it was ever going to happen. It was just not, we fought for it. I have marched on the Capitol. I've done all of the things that I feel like I needed to do to like get where we are today. Right. But it was not something we ever thought we would be able to. And then it happened. And, you know, we also had a, and then our first son, Jack came in who we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Like I was like you, I've never, I hadn't been around kids and I don't know how long, like, wait, what? And what is this tiny screaming human? <laughs> yes, we figured it out. Right. But like Jack had a really hard time with the idea of taking, changing his last name, understandably so. And, you know, he kind of forgets this now, but like Tom and I were not married yet. We, we didn't get married until, oh God, 2017, I think 2017. So I changed, I, we got married to protect Jack because we could both be legally legal parents where there was not a step parent involved. And, you know, we were going to both be his parents, but I also knew that I was going to take Tom's name, which meant a lot to me because I have not had the greatest upbringing and I could not wait to change my name. And Tom has a really wonderful family. And that was, to me, a gift that I can be a Barry. Like, it's a real legitimate gift that I will never take for granted because I didn't think I would ever be able to. And when Rise of Skywalker came out, you know, we had had two children who were legally adopted by them. But Eli was not adopted yet. And so I'm sitting there watching the Star Wars movie that I never thought I was going to get. Surrounded by a husband that I never thought I was going to get. Surrounded by kids that I never thought was, I literally have, and I've said this so many times, I have a life that I dreamed about that I never dreamt possible for me. And it's just, I will, I'm forever grateful for it. Um, But I'm holding Eli's hand at the time, knowing that he was going to be adopted at some point. And it was a real struggle to get Eli because the judge was a homophobe and he did not want to let, you know, we had to fight. We had to fight really, really hard. And his past. And let me tell you, I went off on that judge. I was the library was open in the courtroom more than once. And I had my glasses on and I read that <laughs> dude down. Um, but anyways, when I heard her take that name, I, for me, understand the power of a name and what it can fundamentally do. When Tom and I got married, we were already together for nine years. Like legally we were set up, everything was fine, but something changed and it really was different for us. You know, I know not everyone chooses to get married and that's great, but for us, it just, it's different. And to see our children get adopted and see a birth certificate with the same last name as their dad's, you can literally see this weight coming off their shoulders because they know it's done. I mean, like my seven-year-old had been in like 20, 30 houses by the time he was seven. Like what, like that is beyond my comprehension of how horrible that must be. And we see Ray for the first time smile when she says Skywalker and you see the weight 
lift off. It is so like, I have my feelings about everything too, but that movie gave me that. And I have, I identified with that moment. So, I mean, I lost it in the movie theater. I was just like a bumbling fool <laughs> because like it just, but it means so yeah. much, you know? And like, and the Ray Nobody thing, like Emma on After Dark is 100% a Ray Nobody. I'm like, I don't know. I can't get my head around that because I have three little kids who felt like nobodies for a really long time. I felt like, I think a lot of queer people feel like nobodies for a huge chunk of our lives. And I'm, so I'm like, I don't understand for like, I don't understand it because I never want to feel that way. And I love Ray and I would never want her to feel that way. So when she felt she was something, anyways, love that moment. I can go on and on and on. <laughs> Mandalorian, yes, amazing. A show I didn't think I was going to want because I was like, I don't need some himbo Mandalorian show, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm going to watch it because oh, I'm Oh God, it's going to be that dark fucking Star Wars bullshit that the nerds always say yes. they want. It's going to be fucking Death Troopers. We're going to have to deal with fucking Death Troopers <sighs> again. And then it turned out to be not that <sighs> at Binjarn. all. Oh my God. Like, l- love. I connect with that character. He is gay. Like, there is no fans or butts about it to me. It is canon. No one's going to ever tell me anything different. He is a gay <laughs> dude. And the season one is all about him coming out. Like, we've done, we did some roundtable discussions with a whole lot of different queer people looking at that first season specifically through that lens. I can't see it any other way. And I was 37 when Jack moved in. So I was like, I was a gay dude who was like weekly at Palm Springs, like roll over mimosas. I was living that life. Right. Yeah. And that all like went away like instantly. And it was something to figure out, you know, but I see Din Djarin do that. And you said something really great, Charles, like he learns just as much from Grogu as Grogu is from him. And my kids saved me in a lot of ways. I was really unhappy. I was happy because I love my husband and all that, but there was like a part of me that was just like, I'm never going to be able to be a dad. And that's all I've ever really wanted to be. And they taught me for me so much about myself and so much about life. And they have like freed me from so many things. And I had to just drop any insecurities as a gay person that I had because it just didn't matter anymore. It's just no longer about me. I am not remotely first because I have, you know, kids that literally will not survive (laughs) if I don't take care of them. And I see Din Djarin going through that. And yeah, screw you, Luke Skywalker, for taking that kid because Din Djarin (laughs) thinks he's doing the right thing by letting him go. And this is not T on Din, who's still not confident as a father. And I've been there. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And somebody comes along who says, you know, your child has, and we talked about this with Steph too. It was a, I just, I love that episode that we did with Steph uh, where we talked about too, somebody comes along and, and says, connects with this, your child on a level that you can't and says, I can help them nurture these abilities, but you have to give them up is an incredibly difficult, I would imagine, choice to make mm-hmm. for Din. And you're right, Din believes he's doing the right thing because not only can can Luke keep, or he thinks Luke can keep Grogu more safe, but he thinks Luke is in a better position to help him harness his power. Despite the fact that we see him kind of teaching and playing around with Grogu a little bit, and also, you know, 
Grogu is fine, except for that one time mm. and that other time. Time. Actually, Grogu gets captured it. a lot. But <laughs> he always winds up fine. But yeah, looking at it objectively from a like knowing where Luke's character arc is going, you're kind of looking at that going, hmm. Mm-hmm. Although Grogu's not in the Rise of Kylo Ren comics, so maybe, you know, I just, maybe I he's think going back to Den. It's a hard thing, at least for me, to sometimes admit. At certain points of my life, especially when you're newly coming out, just like Dan is still not totally comfortable being out, but he's out now. Um, you know, he internally came out in season one, externally came out in season two. And those of us who know once we admit it to ourselves is one thing. But then once we start telling people, it's a whole nother thing. And it's a whole nother process to deal with. Right. Sometimes even today, this I asshole still... comes out and then immediately gets to check up with Timothy Elephant. Like what the actual fuck, Dan? What the actual fuck? I know you look like Pedro Pascal, but that is not fair. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Good for you. Love it. <laughs> but like, how many of us feel inferior to a straight person? How many of us feel like that life is what sometimes is still the right way to go? And if you have a child, maybe they would be better off in a straight house than a gay house because, like, that's what's socially acceptable. And I think that's a difficult thing to talk about with ourselves sometimes, but I do think there's a lot of inner homophobia that we all struggle with from time to time and comes in and out. And I know when I first had kids, I had to deal with a lot of that again. And then, like I said, I had to let that shit go because it was not about me anymore. And I'm like, how did I just turn this into myself? But I think Din felt that way. Like, of course he should have him. Here's, you know, well, then again, Luke Skywalker's queer too. So I don't know, but, but like, here's this other person. And I do think it was like, maybe he really should have him because I'm not qualified for this, you know? And I, I related to that a lot it's a difficult like one of the things that that dave filoni and and john favreau do really well with the mandalorian they explore some fairly complicated moments in way it through that star wars lens because that right there i i could probably do an entire hour hour and a half episode on just that moment and i think a like a hefty portion of our our final episode recap for the Mando was about specifically that moment. Because there's a lot... Once the shock of, holy fuck, that's Luke Skywalker. What is wrong with the CGI on his face? <laughs> Where's up? And you start thinking about it, you're like, that's interesting. Especially the context of Ahsoka mm-hmm. and her interaction with... Because when I first watched it, you know, it was new and fresh and exciting. And then we did our rewatch and I was thinking about episode eight in the context of episode five and saying, looking at episode five, the Ahsoka episode again and going, that's interesting in the context of what Luke is going to say later on and how they have these different perspectives. Of course, Ahsoka, as we know, is not a Jedi. Yeah, that was so hard, man. I had so many emotions like it's Luke Skywalker. I was so excited. Luke Skywalker is, you know, my childhood hero. I love Luke Skywalker. And I was like, oh my God, he's back. This is amazing. I am so happy. And then that happened. And I was like, oh my God, my hero just fell. You are taking the wrong lessons. You let that damn church manipulate your stupid mind again. Now you're going to have a church come in and take a child away from a gay person. Oh my God, what are you doing? And like, it was like, it was because to me, I look at these people like the real people. And I know that might sound like way out there, but it's the truth. That's just how I, I choose to read these characters. And yeah, you know, I I realized just recently, Din, Ahsoka, and Luke Skywalker all appeared in one episode, one season together. And those are my my three 
favorite characters. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I am Din Djarin in this moment. And I now have my hero who became the devil. And I have an angel who left a church on the other side and became a really good person. And, you know, right. how, the, how they interact with the same person. God, get out it of really, It get out really of does a really does a good job setting up like especially luke's bitterness in last jedi when he talks about the jedi and he's like they made a ton of mistakes Uh, let me list them all for you i have prepared a file folder containing all of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i'm like as a former prequels kid i have also prepared that file folder and that was something that clone wars did a really good job too of really diving in especially the ahsoka trial arc of how the Jedi were able, why the Jedi were able to fall. And the High Republic is doing a good job of showing what happens. The Jedi done right, essentially, when they're at their peak. Brian, I I appreciate you coming on. Uh, We are running a little bit out of time here. (laughs) Uh, But before we go, I want to see, do you have any pluggables? that you want uh, to run us through well you can follow the show and you can go subscribe yeah to i think you have a podcast mm-hmm. I, I think you have a podcast <laughs> do, do you want to tell us a little bit about where we can find your podcast yes you can find the podcast on in any of your podcatchers uh pink milk talking star wars queerly and we are also on youtube where every friday night late night we have uh, a late night live stream uh where we talk about star wars it's great and we pride ourselves on whether you've been a star wars fan for 40 years or for 40 minutes, I think you can connect to our show and have a good time because we really don't care where you're at in that fandom space. Awesome. Uh, I want to say for our listeners, before we run the socials bit, uh, this is going to be our last episode before the Book of Boba coverage started. Uh, so this is this is part of why it's an extra special episode. We are going to be off kind of next week when this airs. Right. So... There will be no regular episode on Monday, the week after this airs. But on Christmas Eve, pay attention to your podcatcher because (laughs) there will be something exciting in there for you. So for our listeners, no regular episode next week. And except for there there will be a bonus episode on the 24th. Well, Brian, thank you again for coming out and chatting star wars with us it was lovely to have you here oh thank you for having me it was great it was great would would you uh would you like to do the pink milk thing before we run the socials Mm -hmm. and with that everyone are you ready it's time to drink up drink up (laughs) thank you for listening to gold squadron gaze did we forget something email us at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at goldsquadgaze And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze. Bullshitting this as I go along. I know exactly what I'm doing and definitely paid attention to all those classes Bradley and I were in together. Right. Wait, did y'all actually take podcasting classes? No, we didn't take podcasting classes, but we actually did take an audio class. We did. Um, Uh, I took half an audio class twice. (laughs) 
And funny enough, I don't remember a single thing from that class. So there you go. <laughs>